This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to the summer series of Popcorn and Compliance. Yes, Tom and Jay Rosen are back to look at the season three of The Mandalorian. All the things you would expect from Tom and Jay in a popcorn and compliance episode are with us in this series. Each episode, we'll look at the storyline. Tom and Jay will discuss some of the highlights for them. I know you'll enjoy this special season of Popcorn and Compliance, The Mandalorian. If you're a fan of Star Wars or The Mandalorian, Jay and I would love to hear from you on your thoughts on this special podcast series. This episode, we take up episode six, Guns for Hire. I hope if you enjoy this podcast, you will subscribe, rate, and review wherever great podcasts are listened to. In this episode, Bo-Katan, Darjin, and Grogu set out for the idyllic planet Plazer 15, where Bo-Katan's former army, now led by Axe Woves, have set themselves up as mercenaries. Before they can meet, they are involuntarily diverted by the planet's rulers, Captain Bombardier and the Duchess, who ask for their help in neutralizing several repurposed but malfunctioning Imperial and Separatist droids. After stopping a rogue droid, Bo-Katan and Darjin follow its trail to the resistor, a droid bar, and convince the bartender and clientele to help them. They discover that the droids were sabotaged through nanodroids in the bar's maintenance fluid, which covertly imported was imported by Commissioner Hellgate, head of planetary security. Confronted, Hellgate reveals himself as a separatist before Bo-Katan knocks him out and the Duchess sentences him to penitent exile on the moon of Paraquat. Granted this audience with the Mandalorian privateers, Bo-Katan challenges Woves for leadership and defeats him. To help her ascendance, Darjin admits his capture by the cyborg in the minds of Mandalore and his rescue by Bo-Katan, which rightfully bestows the dark saber Back to her. So, Jay, in our prior episode entitled The Pilot, we had, I think we both agreed, a rocking and rolling adventure with lots of action. Here, we step back perhaps a little bit in the episode Guns for Hire. What are some of either your initial observations or maybe even initial questions? I, I think once again, some lucky celebrities won the uh, Lorian Bake Off or whatever. They, they must have bought like some tickets at the Qantas Club and said, Jack Black, if you want to be on an episode of The Mandalorian, whoever would have thought the creative teaming of Jack Black and Lizzo coming together for one episode only and then playing a crazy version of uh, 
Space Croquet with uh, Groku. Where does the imagination take us? We can go anywhere in this episode, and why not bring in Jim from Taxi just to complete the references out there? So I was just blown away by the different guest stars that were in this episode. I thought of Ricky and Lucy when I saw them together. They were so Jack and Lucy. They were so (laughs) over the top. And Jack Black is a wonderful comedian. You, because of his size, you somehow for, sometimes forget the physical comedy he can get away with because he can use his body in a, such a comedic fashion. And he did here. And it was completely over the top. It was not close to anything. And I love Jack Black, so it's pretty cool for me to see him. But I was, as you, I was equally surprised to see him in an episode of The Mandalorian. And then that whole that whole scene... I guess I had trouble kind of putting that kind of not so much over the top, but conspicuous consumption in the New Republic. We saw some of that in the third trilogy of Star Wars, and I would have expected that from a more autocratic regime such as the Empire, but I thought the New Republic was a little more egalitarian There are rich people everywhere. So even those that are super wealthy and super stupid. Did you know that there were separatist droids around? I didn't until this episode. I mean, I always thought droids were apolitical, but I I guess I've been proven wrong. They can be separatists. Yes, they can, and they are. So we had that going on. The uh, audience with Bo-Katan, where with the Mandalorian privateers, where she asserts her role for leadership, and then Darjen admitting that it was really Bo-Katan who rescued him, even though he had won the lightsaber in battle, I thought was a pretty interesting, not morality tale, but really showed it, how Darjen uh, Dar- really has an internal code as well. So I enjoyed that of the story, but we really slowed down in terms of the action and the speed and floppery was the most probably of any of uh, the Mandalorian episodes. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that this was filler, but they, they still have that liberty to go off in any direction. And as long as they take care of it in the 45 minutes, they'll, they'll be fine. But did we really have to have misbehaving robots who got together at a bar. Uh, what was the name of the bar? It was like, it was, it was a very funny machine type of, I'll have to see if I can find it in my notes, but oh, it's called the resistor. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. they figure out that they're getting bad juice when they're bathing their battery, batteries that they have. What are they? Nano machines who are co-opting their programming. So that whole thing that they had to come in, they had to find out, they had to do their Sam Spade Marlowe thing about, I'm a gumshoe, I'm trying to find out about what's happening to your droids and then bringing it back to Christopher Lloyd. So again, I don't know. I think other filmmakers might not have had the, the ability to do something like this. And I think these were made pre-Bob Iger on his second return to Disney or on his return to Disney. And I'm wondering now with all the cost cutting, whether there might've been only seven episodes in this season instead of eight, let's say. Maybe even six. And yeah, that really brings up one of the points I wanted to 
maybe ask you about, and you mentioned the term filler episode. Is that a real thing where you, do you have so much money budgeted you have to spend? Do you have so many episodes you have to hit? You just you want to lengthen out the storytelling. What leads to a filler episode? If, even if you don't think this one is one. I mean, some of it is contractual that nowadays we're looking at eight episodes for a season. We used to look at people doing 13 episodes or half a season or doing 21 or 22 or 23. And that all comes from the fact that right now we're able to stream our favorite series. In the past, there wasn't any streaming. You were waiting for whatever must-see TV on NBC. Hill Street Blues was 10 o'clock because it was a racy show, and you knew you'd see Hill Street Blues every Thursday at 10. Now you're getting all these streams getting dropped at once. So contractually, you don't have to hit that anymore. But before, the milestone was 100 episodes. And if you made 100 episodes, you could get sold into syndication. And that's where the writers and the directors and the actors get their money. And we're having a strike now, basically, because we do one-tenth of the output that we used to do. That you're now getting sometimes an episode, or rather a season streamed is four episodes or six or eight. So imagine all that stuff that you have to make up. You really, I don't think they're fillers now because there's, it's what is what you get. You're using a different paradigm for telling your story and you might have somebody like this is us and say, okay, we're going to have six episodes and we're going to know from the beginning, beginning to the end. But right now you don't have as much leeway to do that. And then one of the questions I wanted to save for the end, but we could tease it now is, what do we think about, is there season four coming back? Supposedly, Favreau's written the episodes and they've been ready for the last two years, but you can't touch them with the Writers Guild strike. And supposedly, season four has been pushed back now from September to November. It doesn't look like we'll be seeing any Mandos in the calendar year 2024. Jay, was there anything in this episode that you really thought was either necessary or useful to advance the story? And I'll start off by answering my own question because I thought telling this, the story of what happened with Bo-Katan was necessary so that she could assume leadership, even though she didn't win the Darksaber in battle. He made it clear that she had saved his life and maybe under the, the code that allows you, if someone saves your life, you can either forfeit your right or you can pass along some right you might have. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with what happened here with the dark sword and passing it on. So I think that was more important from a plot perspective. And we know where we're going into the next two episodes. There's going to be a lot of loose ends that we're going to tie together. And we're going to just, we're going to get to one of my favorite parts. And it's just, I can't spoil it now, but when we talk about Grogu in the next two episodes. I'm just going to go off on it because I think it's the best thing there ever is. I hope our listeners will take that to heart. And I hope that will join us for our next episode, which will be episode seven entitled Spies. I am Tom Fox. And I'm Jay Rosen. Thanks for joining us. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Popcorn and Compliance where in this special season, we're looking at The Mandalorian Season 3. Popcorn and Compliance is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever great podcasts are listened to. If Jay and I would love to hear from you, if you have any comments, questions, or information you would like to share with us about your feelings, views on The Mandalorian Season 3. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that you will join us again for our next episode of Popcorn and Compliance, The Mandalorian Season 3. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.